The first day of a new year is one of the best fresh starts that you will get. And we all need restarts. There's none of us that just keeps shifting into higher and higher gears and getting better and better. Uh, we all need restarts. We all fail in our goals. I bet that uh, not only did you set out to do some things in 2022 that you didn't accomplish, I bet that there's things that you even forgot a year ago. You said, uh, well, this year I'm going to do this, and you don't even remember what some of them are. We all need occasionally to have a renewed vision for our lives. The thing that drives us, the thing that motivates us, the things that inspire us, they need to be refueled. And so there's not a better opportunity to do that than the first day of a new year. I want to encourage you to look at the big picture of your life. Today, tomorrow, you know, just because you don't start something on the very first day of the year doesn't mean that you, you uh, can't get after it. Take some time this afternoon. Take some time to, to look at your life and to look at what needs improvement. By the way, that's part of our problem is we don't take the quiet time. We live our lives like this. This thing right here is killing us. We got a spare second. We got to be, you know, looking up news stories and, and uh, looking up just the most nonsensical things. There needs to be some time where you just sit in the quiet and consider. Take some time today, tomorrow, the next day to look at your life and honestly assess what needs improvement. Some habits, some bad habits that you need to once and for all put behind you. And I know that you don't just decide to put a bad habit behind you. It takes work. And you work at it and you fail a little bit. And you work at it a little more and you fail a little bit. But you don't ever put a bad habit behind you without some Christ-centered resolve. Lord, with your help, I'm going to win. And maybe a couple days from now you're saying, Lord, I failed yesterday. I'm sorry. I confess it to you by the blood of Christ. I am sorry. But Lord, today with your help, I'm going to be victorious. Habits, bad habits that you want to put behind you. Maybe some good habits that you want to begin. Good habits that you want to get good at. Good habits like getting up earlier. Good habits like punctuality. Good habits like blocking and working against those, those bad moods that can come over you. Bad habits like that. Character flaws. You have yours, I have mine. We spend a lifetime trying to overcome them. And don't ever give up on trying to grow. Look at your life and look at places where you've strayed from your life's purpose. Remember decisions that you made 10 years ago, 20 years ago, two years ago. And say, so, you know what? I don't, even, I don't even bother with that anymore. Now, in some cases, maybe it's because you've matured and you realize, you know what? I don't need to have the all-time high score in Fortnite or whatever. And you, so you've grown and you said, you know what? That's not, that's not important. But maybe it was something that was important. And you just have not had the discipline to make yourself give your to, to give yourself to it every day. Look at where you've strayed from your life's purposes. 
revisit your big picture dreams. The things that, man, when you were just five years ago, you thought these things were going to define your life. And they were good things. They were right things. And somehow you just got so busy with life that you don't even give any thought to them anymore. Look at the big picture of your life. Set some goals for yourself. And I said in our adult Bible class this morning, uh, don't have resolutions. Make changes. Now, you can resolve all day long. And resolve's not a bad word. But sometimes we get, um, uh, we use phrases, and after we neglect them, they don't mean anything to us anymore. You know, if you have a to-do list any, every day and you ignore it, pretty soon to-do doesn't mean anything. You can make all the lists you want to. So maybe just changing the terminology will help you. This is not my to-do list. This is my action list. And uh, don't let that grow stale. Uh, we're human. We let things grow stale, and they don't motivate us anymore. They don't drive us anymore. So set some goals. Set some organizational goals. Probably without exception, there are those among us, uh, every, I'm sorry, without exception, everyone in the room can get better at organizing. Some of us organizing time. Some of us organizing our money. Some, some of us organizing our things. Some of us organizing our, our documents, our files, organizational goals. Set some financial goals. Let this be the year that you become debt free or at least make progress towards becoming debt-free. Let this be the year that you begin to save a little bit out of every paycheck. Financial goals, relationship goals, career goals, Christian service goals. This year, I want to I wanna serve the Lord in this new way, or I want to serve the Lord in the same way, but with more intensity and more regularity, all kinds of things. I'm giving you examples of things just to stir up your thinking, but there's a good chance that you already know what you need to improve. Set some goals. Get better. Get stronger. Don't give up when you fail. Make some plans. For yourself. Develop a strategy for how you're going to reach your goals. And let me say this, and again, a lot of this I said in the, in the uh, adult Bible class this morning, but uh, be careful not to get too detailed. I, I make that mistake a lot. I make these big plans. Okay, this year I'm going to do this, and pretty soon I've got a 27-page thesis, and I fail on day two. Why? Because I can't keep up with it all. And so uh, don't be so detailed that you don't keep up with it, but have some, have some details. I'm so proud of Brother Jose at the uh, New Year's Eve party last night. We were talking about things that uh, the Lord did in our lives this past year. And uh, Brother Jose reminded us that a year ago right now, he didn't have his driver's license. And not only did he not have his driver's license, he didn't have a car. Now he has both because he tackled both this year. First, he tackled getting his driver's license. He succeeded. Well, he said himself, so I'll repeat it. He failed first. And then he went right back after it. I mean, he turned right around from failing and made another appointment. And then he succeeded. And then he got his driver's license and he got a car. Those were goals that he had in the beginning of the year. Now, for you, you may say, well, that just comes naturally to me. 
Yeah, but there's some things that come naturally to Jose that don't come naturally to you. Whatever those things are, you need to tackle those things, go after them, develop a strategy. strategy. This is how I'm going to get this done. Listen carefully. You can't control every destination. But you can decide to begin the journey. There'll be some successes that you have in 2023 that when you come to the end of the year, you'll say, wow, I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that open door coming. You didn't see that opportunity coming. But you'll never see that opportunity unless you begin the journey of good habits, of better organization, of more discipline. And you have, let me say this too. You can get out of balance on discipline. You can be so disciplined that you drive everybody in your life crazy because they're not living by the second hand of the clock like you are. You can be so disciplined that you forget to have fun with the people that you love. Everything in balance. You, you've got to learn to balance these things. But look at your life. Ask God to show you what you can improve. And if you say, I don't know of anything that I can improve, beg God to show you what you can improve because you're in a mess probably. Ask God to show you what you can improve and just make some basic goals. You know, I'm going to start doing this once a week. I'm going to start doing this on a regular basis by discipline. You can't control every destination, but you can decide to begin the journey. Now, no matter what direction this takes you in 2023, no matter what you set out to fix or to grow in or to build in 2023, there's one thing you're going to need. And as a believer, everything else will be a failure if you're not a success in strengthening your prayer life. The disciples said in Luke 11, we read it a few minutes ago, one disciple said, teach us to pray. Now, if you'll notice in verse 1, they had been watching him pray. Isn't that interesting? They didn't join him. They watched him. I'm just picturing these 12 guys sitting around, looking over in the distance. Jesus is out in the woods or out in a field somewhere up on a mountain watching him pray. It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So they'd been watching Jesus pray. And that led them to say, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, first of all, just the fact that they asked him means that they understood that there was more to it than just reading a list. They understood that there was more to it than to just saying some words. You know, you sit in church and you hear other people pray. And we all, when, we're, when we pray publicly, we all have a bad tendency to just make a speech for everybody to hear. And so we think that's what prayer is. We go in private before the Lord and we make our speech to God. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is intensely talking to your God in heaven, communicating with God, being real 
with God. And so the disciples said, Lord, and I'm adding to his words, but this is the essence of what he's saying. We've seen the religious leaders stand on the corner with their long robes and do their, you know, you know. But what you do is different. You cry when you pray sometimes. You, you raise your voice sometimes in prayer. We can see on your face that it's so real. Could you teach us how to do that? That's what they're, that's what they're asking. And so I want to give you three words. The best choice, the best change that you can make in 2023 is to make these three changes to your prayer life. Or if, you're al- if they're already a part of your prayer life, increase them. Three words. And they're all right here in this passage. The words aren't there. The concept is there. First, faithfulness. Faithfulness. Notice what Jesus said in verse number two. And he said unto them, when ye pray. So stop right there. Jesus has already taken it for granted that if you're going to pray, it's going to be regularly. By the way, read the prayer and see that it is an everyday thing. When you pray, say, Our Father, which, is art, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. This is a day by day habit. Is prayer, I'm talking about you getting alone with God. Is it a day by day habit for you? First word is faithfulness. Be faithful to the Lord in prayer. When you pray, do you expect God to show up? Then shouldn't you show up? I know God is omnipresent. I know you can pray anytime, anywhere. Those things are true. But there is something about your prayer life that needs to be regular. Yes, you can pray randomly. But there also ought to be a regular side to your prayer life. Where do you meet the Lord? When do you meet the Lord? Do you make sure to show up to that meeting like you would to a doctor's appointment? Are you punctual to work? Then... Can you not be punctual to your prayer time at your prayer, prayer place? You don't have to do all your praying at that time in that place. But kickstart your day in prayer in that time, in that place with the Lord. And I do recommend that you do some part of your praying in the morning. Don't be plastic in your praying. You know, it's amazing that uh, this same prayer, Jesus taught it in his Sermon on the Mount. We call it now the Lord's Prayer, but it's not the Lord's Prayer because he said, forgive us our sins. Jesus didn't have any. So this is not a prayer that Jesus prayed. This is a, an outline of prayer, a model of prayer. But when he taught it on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, 
Right before he taught it to the disciples, he said, use not vain repetitions. But instead, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. And what do we do? We turn right around and make it a vain repetition. Let's say the our Father. Our Father which art in heaven. We do exactly what Jesus said don't do. We're so human. He wasn't giving us something to memorize so we can quote it. He was saying, when you go to your place of prayer on a daily basis, begin by acknowledging your relationship with God. By the way, in the Old Testament, they didn't call God the Father. David never prayed, my Father. Abraham never prayed, my Father. It was Jesus who introduced to us the father-child relationship between us and God. So take some time to acknowledge your relationship with God. Don't just storm in there and start asking for stuff. My Father, which art in heaven. And really, uh, Pastor Johnny Pope does a, a whole seminar where he preaches a separate sermon on every one of these phrases. Because every phrase has meaning. It's more than just saying, as I said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's about take some time to recognize the relationship. Take some time to adore him. Take some time to acknowledge his characteristics. Lord, you are eternal. I am nothing. You are everything. You are forever. My life is but a vapor. You are self-existent. I can't even get out of my own way. You are amazing. I can't even comprehend you. And it's such an honor in Jesus' name to bow before you in prayer. Take some time to adore him. Take some time to let him know that you know how awesome he is. Faithfulness. Have a time and a place when you pray and then show up. Second word that, that I urge you to add to your prayer life this year. Not just faithfulness. Number two, fervency. The word fervent means red hot. Is your prayer life, when you pray, can it be described as red hot? Or would it be ice cold? Or would it be what the Bible calls lukewarm? Understand I'm not saying that we should pray for show. We should not pray for show. But let me ask you. If unintentionally, in other words, you didn't plan it, you didn't even know it, someone else saw you praying in private, would they describe it as fervent? That's what happened with the disciples. They saw Jesus praying and they said, teach us to pray like that. If someone saw you praying, would they ask you to teach you how to pray like you do? Because it was so fervent, so passionate. We need to talk to God as if we really believed he's hearing us. We need to talk to God like we really believe we have an audience with the creator of the universe. I will give this example once in a while on Wednesday nights to remind us before we go to prayer. But several times in the last uh, eight years, uh, 
uh, we can't. We were, I, we were planning to go this year to Capital Connection, but uh, we have uh, Amy and I have have a uh, meeting in Arkansas, and Capital Connection changed the date about a month ago to that same week. So we have to fulfill our obligation. But Capital Connection is where. And by the way, this is huge for those of you that have followed this. So under the last Congress, they made it so that you can't get in to see your congressman without an appointment, which, by the way, is unconstitutional. But uh, the new Congress has promised to open up the, the office buildings again so that you can go through security, get in there, and you can go ahead and see congressmen without an appointment, which is the way it's supposed to be, which is great for Capital Connection. So in March, there is a meeting just outside of Washington, D.C., and Christians come there from all over the country, and we try to make appointments with our congressmen's and senators' offices if we can. If not, we just go, because you can just go without an appointment. And, and by the way, that's true of their local offices here in, in, in the districts also. But we, we go, we bring them a, a book that was specially printed for them just for that particular Congress. And we ask them if we can have a word of prayer with them. And we bring gospel tracts for everybody in their office and New Testaments for everybody in their office. It's an exciting thing, but it's also a scary thing. My first appointment, our first year that we went, was with uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal. And I was scared to death. And, and it, so we, I, we went with uh, another pastor and his wife, and the other pastor had made the appointment. So I thought, well, he's going to do the talking then, right? We get there, and so all this time I've been thinking, well, at least he's going to do the talking. And we show up, and Brother John Laffanier goes, um, Brother Joe, why don't you do the talking? <laughs> I don't want to talk to a senator. And uh, it, was, it was a fearful thing. Should we not get at least a little bit of butterflies in our stomach when we go to talk to the King of Kings? Should we not have at least enough respect to have to stop and check who just texted us while we're praying? Maybe put this in the other room when you go to meet with God. I mean, seriously, if, if I got to meet the president, I don't care what president it was, if I got to meet the president, would I really stand in the presence of the president of the United States and I hear a, uh, uh, in my pocket, oh, just a second. Oh, it's my cousin. Okay. Um, what were we saying? <laughs> but that's the way we treat God. I say again. God wants you to interact with him throughout the day. Which means there's going to be some times where it's a little more casual than others. And God wants it that way. I believe that with all my heart. But I think there needs to be dedicated times. I know there needs to be dedicated times where we come respectfully into his presence and we shut everything else out. And we pray not only faithfully, but fervently. What is it that you desperately need God to do for you today? Can you identify something in your heart? What is it that you desperately need God to do for you this coming week? What is it that you desperately need God to do for you in 2023? 
Can you talk to him in desperation? God, what are we going to do? you got to help us. Lord, we need you to show us the way. We need you to provide. We need you, Lord, to give us the answer. Do you ever pray with that kind of fervency? Jesus, when, they, when his disciples said, teach us to pray, he gave them what we know as the model prayer. And then he told them a story, verse 5. He said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Now, can you picture this, the extreme nature of this, of this event here, this story? You get company that just drops in on you at about 10 o'clock at night. And they're long lost friends. You wouldn't think of turning them away. But they come in, they sit down, and all of a sudden you realize, man, we don't have a thing to eat in this house. And especially in those days, I mean, there's no 7-Eleven, there's no, there's no ShopRite open 24 hours or anything like that. There's no drive through you know, Taco Bell till 2 in the morning. There's nothing. What do we do? Well, <laughs> my neighbor over there, he owes me a favor. So you go at midnight. Now, this is in a culture where the day ended at 6 in the evening. Where they were in bed by 8 o'clock and they were up and at them the next, I mean, when, when 6 o'clock in the morning came, they were dressed and ready to go. They were out in the field already when the sun came up. So midnight was not, they weren't staying up watching Jimmy Fallon. Midnight was, they've been asleep for three or four hours. And also in that culture, they all slept in the same room. And so here you go at midnight, pounding on the door. And the, your friend, the dad, comes to the window and, what in the world? And he said, I'm sorry, but we, we had some, some long lost friends show up at our house. and We got nothing to eat. Could I beg you, please, could you just lend me three loaves? I'll get them back to you tomorrow. But I got nothing to set before our, our, our loved ones. And the neighbor says, you got to be kidding me. No way. I'm going back to bed. And he goes back to bed. And you start walking back to your house. And then you start thinking, I can't go back empty handed. This guy's my only hope. So you turn around, you go back. And your neighbor knows it's you this time. And he knows what you're going to say this time. So he doesn't even answer. So you got to keep. And you're going to keep doing that till he answers because you are not going back to your long lost friends without bread. Do you understand? By the way, Jesus says he won't give you bread because you're his good neighbor. He'll give you bread because he wants to go back to bed. Jesus uses the word importunity. It means that you keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on. Hey, what did you pray for in 2022 with importunity? Where you just came after the Lord every day, every day, every day. 
every day. Could you show me your list of impossible things that you ask God to do every day in 2022? Fervent prayer. God, we got to have you. God, we've got to have your help. Oh, God, please hear my prayer. We've got to have your help. Make your list this very day, January 1st, 2023. Make your list of things that you have to have done that only God can do. And then you pray faithfully and fervently this year. God. See, sometimes we say we're praying for stuff and we know we're lying. We're praying for it in theory. We got it written down on a piece of paper, but we don't call it out to the Lord regularly. And we don't call it out to the Lord fervently. Thirdly. Not only faithfulness and fervency, but third, faith. Look at the faith that Jesus is saying in verses 9 through 13. So if you take Jesus at his word here, that's faith. That's praying in faith. Verse 9. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Do you believe that? Seek and ye shall find. Do you believe that? Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Do you believe that? For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Then he gives another example. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? You think, you think your human father, your, who, is, who is, might be a good man, but he's still a sinful man is going to care about you and your heavenly father is going to be spiteful towards you? If he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he asks him an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Go to God in faithful, fervent prayer, believing that he's going to work. Now, the message is just about finished, but let me wrap it up. You realize there are some days of the year where it's difficult to put together a message that helps everybody. Mother's Day is one of those days. I always try to preach. The, I used to didn't even preach on Mother's Day on Mother's Day because uh, it was just so hard. Now I, I usually hit the target. New Year's Day is the exact opposite. If you can't find something to help people on New Year's Day, you should just hang it up. Because there's so many good, wonderful, motivational, inspirational topics in this Bible. And of all the things, and I've been thinking for weeks, I'm going to introduce to you, you know, our theme for 2022 was reaching forth. Well, we've got the, the theme all ready to go. I'm going to introduce it to you in a few weeks. I thought about introducing it today. I said, no, there's something more important. And this is the more important. Whatever changes you're going to make this year, put this at the top of your list. 
Make sure that your prayer life is faithful, fervent, and in faith. Be regular about it. Be red hot about it. And believe God as you pray. What is it that you need God to do that you could write down this very day? You think it's impossible. People that know you think it's impossible. But God could do it if you went to him faithfully, fervently, and in faith. God, please work. I'm asking you again today, please work. Please work. God, please work. Do this work in my life. Hear my prayer. Please, I pray. Whatever changes you make, the greatest change you can make is the change in your prayer life.